Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG channel where we help you to see real and practical Christians from God's word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today, we are going to be looking at the differences between a mentor and a discipler or the differences between mentorship and discipleship. Why is this important? Well, I'll tell you. Many times as a pastor, I get DMs from people saying, mentor me, pastor me, or I just want you to pastor me to mentor from different places, right? These people usually have a church. Sometimes they don't. But there's usually this, oh, mentor me thing, mentor me, mentor me, mentor me. And I can bet you I've tried it. And I can say there is a 99.9% fill rate. In fact, of all the people that I've attempted to help to grow spiritually online, I think I've only succeeded with like two people or so, like two, three-ish, maybe one, something in that range, one to three. And it's always a very pressing question. Why doesn't it work? Why is it? I'm, I'm sure if you are over anybody, if you're pastoring anybody in any capacity, you probably know what I'm talking about. If you've ever gotten people dm you and message you and one of the biggest factors to the failure of this thing is that the people who message you are usually um not serious or they don't understand what they really want okay because they're asking they ask you about spiritual growth they want to grow spiritually but then the the mindset of how that will be achieved is very problematic it's it has an issue you see that? And the issue is that people think that what will help them grow is mentorship rather than discipleship. So I'm going to break down what both are and we're going to see why I truly believe that if you want to grow spiritually, you must be discipled. And we're going to see the differences, the things that you must look out for that will help you achieve that goal of spiritual growth. This is 2022 and it's a great time for you to grow spiritually. So let's crack on. What is mentorship? Mentorship is guidance provided by a mentor. Guidance provided by a mentor, especially an experienced person in the company or in the company or educational institution. All right. It's a mentor providing guidance. Okay, an experienced person, somebody who is ahead of you in an area. So let's just say you've always had the dream of cooking for the queen one day, um, but you've only been able to cook for yourself. You can find someone who has worked in maybe a five-star restaurant and then that person can show you the ropes, you know, something like that. And you have that in all walks of life, even um, pickpockets have mentors who have been in the game for long enough to help educate them, grow them. And I think that there are many benefits of having a mentor. One, which is that you avoid unnecessary mistakes. You avoid, you can learn much faster because your mentor will help you avoid the mistakes, you know, that he or she has made in his or her career. So it's a very super uh, sweet way of learning because you don't have to go through such headache. If it's a business you're running or something, 
trust me, in that case, you may need a mentor because someone who has done business for, let's say, 30 years, 20 years, they've met all the heartbreak, all the pain, and they cannot tell you, look, skip this, skip this, skip this, skip this, skip this, do this, do that. Their instructions will literally save your life, okay? It doesn't mean they're infallible. They, are, they can make mistakes at times and they can lead you astray at times, as has happened, you know, in history, all right? Um, a mentor okay so we just describe mentorship now a mentor is a person who has professionally and life experience or who has professional and life experience and who has voluntarily agreed to help a mentee develop skills competencies or goals put another way a mentor is an advisor and role model who is willing to invest in the mentee's personal growth and professional development so usually it's a consensual thing all right and um it's consensual and, I mean, Christianity has some elements of mentorship, as we're going to see. However, there is more to that relationship. You see, a mentee is usually committed to a mentor f to the degree that he or she can receive help. They can choose to stop the mentoring relationship at any time or switch mentors. They can have several mentors in the same area of field. If they are offended, they can call it quits. But we see with Christianity, it's not the same. And many people take that same mentality, you know, to Christianity, all right, where um, I'm going to allow you to help me or I'm going to persuade you to help me to the degree that I'm happy with you. The moment I'm not happy with you, I don't like what you're saying or whatever, whoosh, I'm out, all right? You can try that in the world, but the world, you see, cannot give you spiritual results or godly results, Commitment to discipleship is different from mere commitment to a mentor. First of all, discipleship is a byproduct of being part of the family of God. So let me say that again. Discipleship is a byproduct of being part of the family of God. And this brings me to the major element that discipleship has that mentorship does not. And that is family. Family. Let me say it again, family. You see, the family of God is the foundation of anything we do in the church. The family of God is the foundation for anything spiritual that we do. Ephesians 2 verse 18 to 19. For through him we have both access to by one spirit to the Father. Are you seeing that? To God the Father. Verse 19. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Are you seeing that? You become part of God's household. So that means everyone in the church is part of God's household. Everyone is family. Both the pastor or the fellow, will I say mentees or disciples, whoever, you are all brethren. You are family. That is the first thing. And then we're also going to see that love becomes the governing principle. It becomes what the glue that holds everything together. You, you may not have that in a mentor-mentee relationship. All right? Now, a family you are born into, okay, God's family, all right, that family is going to be represented to you by a local assembly of believers you're part of the of god's family universally but you see god will put you in a small family in a much smaller unit to be taken care of okay and we see this a lot in the book of acts that even if there was the whole church gathered they had smaller units okay acts 423 and being let go they went to their own companions or company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them i seen that they went back 
to their own company. They had this smaller company. Even if you are going to see, like, for example, um, if you look at Acts chapter 1, if you read down, you're going to see when they were meeting in the upper room, okay, they were all together. If you look at Acts 2, the Bible tells you that they met publicly and all that, but, you know, you see here that when they let go, this is talking about actually Peter and John, you know, they appeared before the rulers of the Jews, the Sanhedrin, after they had raised a cripple, okay? The cripple at the Gikon Beautiful, they raised him and they were calling for questioning. After that, the Bible says they reported to their own company. So they went back to their own people. Are you seeing that? Um, Acts 12 verse 11. Now, when Peter had come to himself, okay, so this is Peter, um, when Herod grabbed him, he had killed James and then he had taken Peter and was going to execute him later. But an angel came to the prison and released him. And so, and when Peter came to himself, now he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent me an angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose son was Mark, where many were what? Gathered together praying. Are you seeing that? So people were gathered together praying. So the idea is that there is a representation of the body of Christ, okay, in a local sense. And that's what we call the local church in your locality. That is personal to you. Not everybody can be your pastor. Not every church can be your church. There's going to be a localized sense of the body of Christ. And that localized sense is going to represent Christ to you. He's going to represent his body to you. Those people become your family, your brethren. Are you seeing that? Aha. Now, even Paul's letters were addressed to different churches. By the way, if you read Acts um, chapter, I think that should be 20, all right? 20, should be 21 or so. It's, it actually tells us clearly that Paul would say, he said, I taught you publicly and from house to house. So there was a time when they were all gathered together all right, as a crowd, but then there was house house. Actually, back then there were lots of house churches. Today we don't really have that model, you know, prominent as prominent as it should be. But then it was they met publicly and then they met in smaller groups. Are you seeing that? So that's what happened, you know, with Paul. Paul addressed certain letters or several letters to different churches. Like it wasn't just the church universal. Paul said, I'm the pastor of you all worldwide. No, that's not how it is. There must be a local pastor. There must be a local church. You must be part of one of those things. That is the plan of God. So you, first of all, every believer must be found in the church because this is where you will be taken care of. All right? Now, do you remember that we said that you are part of the family of God? You, you actually, when you get saved, it's the word is you are born again. You come in as a child. Are you seeing that? You come in as a kid, as a child. And what is a child expected to do? A child is expected to grow. Are you seeing that? So you see there's a family context. You can't just, the idea of just rushing into someone's DM to say mentor me doesn't work because of this. There's a family context. You are a baby, all right? That's why you need to grow. But God wants you to grow in a family. Not in a workplace. You don't you don't raise children in the workplace. You raise children in the family. He's supposed to grow. And it happens by being fed God's word. It happens by being taught, by being trained. First Peter 2.2 2, As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. 
as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby. So you grow by being taught God's word. Are you seeing that? You grow by being taught and obeying God's word. Let's, let's add that. By being taught God's word and by obeying what you have been taught. Actually, what happens is as you are taught God's word, you begin to realize what you have in Christ. You begin to realize what you have become. You begin to realize, realize your rights, privileges, and responsibilities. And as you obey those things, as you realize those things and put them to action, then you begin to grow. Are you seeing that? Okay, so look at Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you seeing that? Grow in the grace and knowledge. The grace actually is the knowledge. The knowledge is how the grace is you know, made available of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So this growth, as I said before, happens through teaching and instructions carried out by the leadership of the local church so this is a good place anyway i'm going to get to that let me not jump all right now Ephesians 4 verse 11 and he gave himself he himself gave some to be apostles prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers all right um later i'm going to be doing a teaching on this all right this year um but let me just leave that there's so much i want to say okay so why is the pastor given? Why is the evangelist, pastor, teacher, prophet, the ministry gifts? Why are they given? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. All right? What does that mean? It means that this is church leadership. Church leadership is given for spiritual growth. Look at verse 13. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children. Are you seeing that? So, leadership of the church is given so that you will no longer be what? Children, so that you will grow up. Growth is expected. Many Christians today are unstable because they have not grown up spiritually. It says, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of teaching by the trickery of men in the cunning, cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Okay, so God commands you to submit to leadership of that church. So the church is made up of disciples who are being overseen by, will I say, spiritual leaders. Let me say it again. What we call the church is the gathering of believers with spiritual leadership. So there are those who are mature in the church who exercise spiritual leadership. We call them pastors. They exercise authority and spiritual leadership. They are the ones who teach. They are the ones who instruct. They are the ones who help you grow spiritually. So I want to say that spiritual growth is found in the local church. It's not found on Instagram. When you are following uh, influencers up and down and getting snip, snippets, you know, I, uh, should I go into this? Sometimes I see, I mean, I see people's comments on on videos. Oh, I, um, now this is not to mock anybody, but I'm going somewhere. Right? Just bear with me. Oh, maybe like, ah, thank you so much. I really needed this. I Now, there's nothing wrong with you catching a snack. I mean, you were down and you saw something encouraging or something that just helped you change your mind about something on someone's wall or something. And that's that's fine. But when you are always in that state where you, are, you live by Instagram influencers, Christian, or Christian Instagram influencers, you live by snippets, you live by short, um, short sound bites, you, you live by out of context posts, you live by quotes, you live by, that's how you live. You, you cannot be a serious Christian. You, you can't. You can't be a serious Christian because spiritual growth doesn't take place online. Spiritual growth takes place in the church. 
Look at Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as they who must give account. So you see, in the church, there are those who have rule. That word rule is control. They are the ones who they are in charge of you spiritually. And it says you must submit to them. You see, that's another difference between mentorship and discipleship. All right? Mentorship may require a level of submission, but you see, discipleship requires you submit, you submit your head. You know, you give yourself to the person in the sense that that person now has the rights and has the authority to command you and instruct you as pertaining the things of God. They can tell you what time to show up. They can tell you, you know, what to do. And they can also correct you. And you see, because it's a family relationship, you don't behave like you would if your boss upset you. Because your pastor is not your boss. Are you seeing that? There's a big difference. He's actually like an older brother or a father to you, representing God's leadership and authority to you. So there's a big difference. He says, be submissive for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do it with joy and not grief, but for that will be unprofitable for you. The same Bible also commands you to honor them because of what they do. First Thessalonians 5.12 And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in the Lord for their work's sake. Are you seeing that? You're supposed to esteem, value them, you know, very highly for the work's sake. Actually, from other text, all right, that that we will not read, you're going to see that that honor and to esteem them is not just in your mind. Oh, I honor these people. No, there's also the part of giving to them, taking care of them, you know, um, because of the work they are doing on, in your life, sp- spiritual investment, the Bible commands you to take care of them. It commands you to actually do things for them. Yes, actually commands you. That's honor. I've taught, I have podcast episodes on that. You can go through the <laughs> the archive, all right, on honor. Just look for anything on honor and, and you'll be good. But it says, esteem the highly for the, work's sake, for the work's sake. So they instruct you, they teach you, they... They correct you. And so there's a two, two, there's two sides to this. There's their obligations towards you, all right? And they are your obligations towards them. You see that? The dynamic is just, you know, different in some sense. They instruct you and they correct you also. So you see, correction is very much a part of that relationship. Highly, <laughs> highly a part. You're like a child, you're a baby. You may be 80, but once you come to the church, you're zero zero years old and then they start afresh with you they start working on you start teaching you start molding you then rebuke you and all that and any believer you see that is strong stable and has not gone through this process let me just say you're looking at a reflection you're looking at a spirit you're not looking at a christian who is who has flesh and bones if you have flesh blood bones as a stable mature christian you have had to go through this process are you seeing that? So, we see that this is the order of God that is established. It's not mere mentorship. It is family training. It is not rushed. It takes time. Yes, in fact. It's also a relationship that you're going to keep for life. You may eventually be led to another church, but that relationship remains. A pastor is like a father whose job is to bring you to a place of responsibility in Christ, where you also are able to pastor others. This cannot happen on social media, and even if it does because of distance, there must be a commitment to the pastor and to the church he pastors. Now, that's a good point because the one or two people I 
pastored online. All right. I notice what I, I use. I pastored. I didn't mentor them. I pastored them online. They were um, not in Nigeria. I'm based in Nigeria, obviously. They were based outside the country, in the US, UK, and all that. And there was a relationship. But those people made a commitment to the ministry that making a comment to me, all right, to it wasn't just oh well, mentor me, no, it was I'm submitting myself to you and to the ministry, I'm joining the ministry you are in, I become your disciple, I become your son, your daughter, I'm part of what you are doing. Do you get that? Rebuke me, correct me, train me, I'm part of what you are doing. You see, that it's not a one off thing, it's not a hit and run thing, it's not a today. And, you know, today, this, tomorrow, that. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. Because my experience is people who have, in quote, mentored or sought to mentor. At first, you go through the process, you give them assignments and things to do. But because they are not they are not committed to you, so they have the option to just jump out or bail out. You know, at the slightest uh, provocation or the slightest um, discomfort, are you seeing that? They just, they just fizzle out. When it's hard, they just... But when a person is committed to you... You can go through the hard stuff together. It's part of it because it's hard. It's not, it's not easy. There's going to be work. If I tell you to pray three hours, will you pray three hours? If I tell you to pray six hours, will you pray six hours? If I tell you to give, will you give? If I tell you to do Bible study on this, will you do it? If I tell you to evangelize, will you evangelize? If you're not really willing to do these things, if I tell you fast, will you fast? If you're not willing to do these things, you are not a disciple. Stop deceiving yourself. Jesus himself said, if any man will come after me, he must all deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Then he said also, if you can't hate father, hate is to love less, actually, in that context. If you can't love your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, even your own life, less, he says, you cannot be my disciple. And the way you actually take up that task with Christ is to take it up with the church. You, The, the sacrifices you make for Jesus are sacrifices you make for the church. So if you're not doing that, if you're not willing to do that uh, and commit to a church, then don't beg someone, ask someone to disciple you. Go to your church. If you have a church, go. Maybe you just need to go meet the leadership of the church and ask, How do I get discipled? How do I get trained? Let them help you there. But not because you just admire someone. Some people are even in very good churches. But because you admire someone online, you, you DM the person, mentor me. What does that mean? Please stop that bad behavior. Stop it. Because it doesn't exist. It is discipleship. And that is a strong commitment. A strong commitment to that church, to the person, to that church. In your time, in prayers, like now there are people that I pastor who are, there are a bunch of them who are scattered, you know, outside Nigeria and all that. If I have a prayer meeting, they're supposed to show up. That's how I know I'm discipling you. Yeah, if I have a prayer meeting, if I have a teaching meeting, if I'm on Zoom or whatever, if I do a live stream and all that, they should come online. If they can't come online, they give me reasons why they can't come online. Are you seeing that there's a there's accountability, there's responsibility? You are not just floating, and that's the problem with many Christians. They are not willing to commit to the church. They just want to get in and get out, get in and get out. You know, go in here all the you know, tonight or or this week is going to be awesome with you. Amen. They collect that one and disappear for now. One we come back again on Sunday. Amen and disappear. And social media too. That's I mean, there's that craze. That's that's what people want. They just want that quick, uh, fast thing like that. Oh, mentor me, mentor me, mentor me, mentor me. If I give you a book I wrote, will you will you read it? If I recommend things, will you go for them? That's that's just the truth. I have had such, you know, 
it's, it's, it's interesting. But that's just something for you to think about. If you are not growing or if you are dissatisfied with your level of growth, your, what you need right now is not a mentor. You need to be part of a local church. All right? If you have someone that is helping you grow spiritually, all right, it could either, either be the pastor of a church or a pastor within a church. It doesn't have to be the head pastor. Like me now, the people, there are people who tell me what mentor. I said, no, I have people who I have trained and pastored who are mature, who can pastor you also. Because you see, to disciple someone is to pastor the person. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the set man, the head. No, it can just, you know, um, send the person over to someone else. This year will be the game changer for you. This 2022, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I feel like making some declarations. All right. Let me just pray for you. Father, in the name of this 2022, as people uh, who are listening to this desire to grow, they will grow and grow well in Jesus' name. We speak over them and say that that divine relationships, divine relationships, divine orchestration that leads them to where they should be this year spiritually will happen in the name of Jesus. People are led to the right church. People are led to the right pastor. People are able to stay, commit, and grow in the name of Jesus. They have no issues with submission this year in the name of Jesus. There's grace available to submit, to submit to instructions in the name of Jesus. To submit to instructions in the name of Jesus. And as I'm talking, I just feel like there's a person who in your own cases, like maybe you you were in the church, you submitted to the church, but there was misplaced trust, all right? The pastor hurt you, did something to you and hurt you, and for some of those reasons, you had to leave the church. Well, the, the word is, you you know, God says you can, you can get back, you know, in that, you know, in a good relationship. Like, you shouldn't let that hinder, you know, what God wants to do. God will lead you to where you're supposed to be, but you should be open to the Spirit of God. Open, all right? Open your heart to the Spirit of God. Open your heart. Let hear what he's saying. He will lead you to the right people, all right? People that will help you, people that will grow you, and all that, but you must be willing. Don't say, because so-and-so did that to me, I will now close my heart to other pastors. No. God wants you to be able to open your heart, all right? So, guys, that's it for today. All right, I really had fun on this. I hope you did also. Um, one more thing. There's these three episodes of um, tongues, okay? If you know anyone who has not spoken in tongues, my some of my earliest podcasts on this platform, all right, are on tongues. There are about three particular ones on tongues that I guarantee you, if you listen to those things, like sit down, listen to them proper, all right? if possible twice you will speak in tongues because the explanation is some of the most simple explanation i have ever heard and done are you with me like i broke it down to the point like the goal of doing it was so that you will not have to need someone else to get you speaking in tongues all right we've had so many testimonies from that you want to listen to those if you don't speak in tongues you want to listen to those if you speak in tongues listen still to give you an understanding and if you know someone who doesn't speak in tongues who is confused about it, who doesn't understand it give it to them those three episodes they will speak in tongues. just scroll all the way down to the earliest podcast episodes and you're going to see them right there guys don't miss the opportunity, all right? <laughs> so, uh, that's it for today, guys. Have a wonderful day. God bless you and bye-bye. If this blessed you or you want to say hi or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram at pst.essien, pst.essien.
Also, if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again. 0106-207-685 GT Bank. God bless you.